I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Yes or no, did you ever take banned substances to enhance your cycling performance? Yes. I had no prior knowledge of the planned assault on Nancy Kerrigan. I am deeply sorry for my irresponsible and selfish behavior I engaged in. What's up, everybody? Oops, the podcast. Happy Friday. I am Julio Gallarotti. I am joined by the wonderful, the intelligent, the fun to be around, Francis Ellis. Oh, these are nice. These are nice superlatives. Thanks, G. How are you, man? I'm doing all right, dude. How are you? Dude, I'm well. I'm pretty solid. You know who's not doing well? <laughs> Rich Brian. Who's that? Do you know who Rich Brian is? No. He used to go by Rich Chiga, mm. but he realized that that was problematic. <laughs> okay, yeah. What, what, what happened to him? I remember him. So Rich Brian is 20 years old now, right? And today, a bunch of his old tweets surfaced Ooh. that he wrote when he was 13. Ooh, you got to get tweet delete, Rich Brian. <laughs> 12 and 13 years old. He said he used, I don't know, he's making jokes about using the word dyke, using the word faggot, uh, but also, I, I you know, retarded i think he used you know a bunch of the ones that are now no good so is he getting in trouble or what's happening well people are trying to but there seems to be an equal amount of uh counter backlash of people who are saying this kid was 13 years old are we really trying to cancel him yada yada right that's good i mean dude if you were to break down any adult rapper's lyrics they would all be immediately canceled. Absolutely. But even, even beyond that, if I read his Wikipedia page, Rich Brian, he lived in Indonesia for his entire childhood right, and did that. not learn to speak English because he was, being, he was working at his parents' cafe or something and he didn't go to school. And so he didn't learn English until he was like 11 or 12 years old. And he learned English by watching rap videos on youtube imagine if if your rosetta stone was taught to you by like asap ferg do you really think that you wouldn't be using the words that you know are now no longer like of course he's gonna think that the, that's his textbook that's so funny his yeah his his first glimpse into the english language is through very vulgar rap songs. Yeah, exactly. So uh, <laughs> I think it's hysterical that people are trying to, to cancel. Not only that, but if you're trying to cancel, I mean, he's 20 now, and you're trying to cancel a 20-year-old for things that they wrote when they were 13, to me, it's like, it's one thing if you cancel somebody who wrote bad tweets when they were, you know, 24, 25, and should have known better, and their only defense is like, well, the times were different. Those words were more acceptable back then, right? Mm -hmm. This is canceling a child, holding a very young adult accountable for things that they wrote as a child. Yeah, that's crazy. I can't it, believe you even got your hands on that. I can't believe this is a story. Well, I was on Twitter and it was, uh, it was sort of trending, which was like, wow. the, you know, Rich Brian is is canceled or rich Bri hashtag rich brian is whatever i don't know I, I it's just astonishing to me that he this guy would have enough haters 
Wow. They would go back that far and dig up his old tweets. But so much for the theory, that. so much for the theory that the quarantine is making people less politically correct. I know, dude. If anything, I think it's giving more time to the people right. who are hunting for the scalps of uh, of anyone who has spoken poorly in the past. Are you? Are, <laughs> do you know? Do you know Rich Brian? I do. I remember when he came out, dude. I remember so, being like, "This is this guy is just really." I'm not surprised he changed his name. You know what I mean? He realized. Yeah. yeah. You know. He he exactly. He not realized, a fan. he learned better English and was like, "Oh, my name is not good." Right. Um, <laughs> but dude, his big hit was a was a YouTube video or it was of a song called Dat Stick. D A T Stick and Stick was spelled with the money symbol instead of an S. <laughs> a stick is a gun, I believe. I think that's right. Yeah. Another word for gun by the way is grips. Did you know that? I don't know if I did actually. Let me get those grips. I've got, grips. I'm packing grips. Um, <laughs> so he had these, he said he wrote that stick. Yeah, and it's the whole song. He's like, you know, he's 14 or 15 years old. He's got this very weird, deep voice. And he's rapping about pulling up to people's houses and shooting them in his like, you know, <laughs> Maserati and shit. And he's wearing there are a guns in the video, pack. right? Yeah, but who, are they real? It's always unclear. And he's surrounded by his sort of Asian rap gang. Um, and I mean, it's ridiculous, but, and, and they, they are wearing fanny packs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so it's like, I don't know. I, I, I don't, I don't hate this guy and I don't hate his success. I think he was very unique and novel just watching him rap like this, super, you know, dangerous and, and threatening as a kid. But it, it also, like, to come after him for it, I, I just think, you know, where, where like, ugh, at some point, I, you give up. It's too, I'm out of breath even thinking about how anyone would be upset about this. So does this, and now this reminds me, you know what I mean, obviously of what happened with you. Do you feel like you have so much compassion for people who this is happening to? Or has it been long enough that you sort of don't feel emotionally connected to it anymore? I, look, I made my mistake when I was 30 years old, two and a half years into a job where I knew that lots of people were watching and trying to, you know, that the, the people who wanted to take Arsenal down w had their guns and their scopes trained on the company around the clock. Right. So I am definitely guilty of making a stupid mistake and uh, I should have known better. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But I don't expect a 13-year-old kid to know better. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it makes me think that if I have kids someday, like, how tight are we? What, how, how narrow of a leash are we going to allow kids? Right. And, and do I, I think... Prevent a 13-year-old from tweeting right. the word dyke. And you have to be really kind of with it as a kid or sorry, as a parent to know about the shit your kids are even doing like Twitter, like his parents probably had no fucking idea what that even was. That's exactly. They're scraping by in Indonesia. And plus this is seven years ago, dude. You know what I mean? Like if they know about Twitter is now, they probably, they might not have then, you know what I mean? And like you said, yeah. yeah, they own a small cafe in Indonesia trying to make it work. I don't know, man. I feel bad for Rich Brian. He he seems to have made a pretty good um, 
name for himself among rappers too. He seems well-respected. He did this thing I saw where he brought a mariachi band to surprise uh, Post Malone and sang a song. And I, it was a really cool video. And like, he's got a bunch of viral videos. His Dat Stick video has 150 million views. Wow. Um, so, I, you know, hopefully he, he comes through the other side of this. Well, but also, you know, Rich Brian, you know, you shouldn't have been tweeting that shit either when you're 13. Like, let us not forget that he, if anyone is wrong to tweet that stuff. Yeah. Obviously, when you're 13, you don't, you don't have the proper judgment. And right. you can make these mistakes as a teenager that you're not held accountable for as an adult. And that's how the law typically works at least the law that I'm familiar with, you know, there's different standards for children than there are for adults. Have you ever done a tweet purge? Yes. And it's funny. Someone DM me the other day being like, why do you delete your tweets? And I was like, I'm just scared that like I said some stupid shit. I, and I don't think that I do. And then she actually convinced me to not do it anymore. So now I'm just going to try to be like really conscious of the fact that on Twitter you is a really easy spot to get got when it comes to this stuff. Yeah. Uh, it's a... It's funny, dude. I, I was playing golf with my old high school lacrosse coach a couple days ago. Oh, wow. And I hadn't seen him in many, many years. And he was, you know, a mentor to me and somebody who really kind of brought me along. And I was talking to him about my firing and, and the year that I've had. And he said, look, uh, you, you didn't play it safe. You don't play it safe as a comedian. And therefore, you know, you're going to, you're going to risk moments like that. But dude, I, I, I don't, I don't have any interest in playing it safe. You okay, know? Bad, okay, bad boy. Okay, well, daddy. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I, I just, I, I don't know. I, I'm not, I think uh, funnier things come out of taking risks. Absolutely. I, pref I prefer to see, you know, I think the biggest laughs, laughs that I've ever gotten are often accompanied by gasps. Right. <laughs> There's a great episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia where Mac is, a, it, it, the nightman cometh where he, he's, he's going for gasps, not laughs. Right. Um, and uh, I, I, I just, I don't know. I kind of agree with that. I like, I, I'd rather be surprising than expected and slightly funny. Fair enough, man. I don't know. Um, um, dude, I have a funny, I have a funny risk-taking story. Bring it on. It's far less, you know, high stakes, but it's pretty funny still. All right. So when I first started acting, I wasn't really, I had, a, you know, a manager who was trying to get me appointments and stuff, and it was hard to get at auditions. And the stuff that I would typically get would be a talent for Italian guys, mm -hmm. which makes sense because they submit my name. I'm a nobody. And they see this name. They're like, all right, maybe this guy, you know? Right. But what, what kept happening was I kept going in and, real Italian guys would get the part like from Italy, Italian guys, not yeah. like first generation. You know what I mean? So right, it right. started to be really frustrating. So finally I auditioned for this pilot and I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just pretending like I'm fully off the boat Italian this entire time. <laughs> yeah. So I walk into the audition. I'm like, hello. Um, uh, thank you for having me in for the appointment. I'm so excited, you know, and like the whole, and then, and then they asked me like, to say stuff in Italian. And I kind of was like piecing together these like complicated phrases from songs that I know, like Italian songs, but not, not singing it, speaking it. So it was like kind of hard. 
And then, you know, I read the things they're asking me about my, like Italy and shit. And then I booked it and I show up on the set. It was a pilot. It was called Americana. It didn't go to series, but it was with like Anthony LaPaglia and uh, Ashley Green from fucking Twilight. Remember that? I don't know. Whatever. So vaguely, yeah. Whatever, whatever. But I show up on set and the director's like, oh, here's our Italian. He goes, oh, Maurizio. And I'm like, hey, what's up? And he's like, wait, I thought that you were Italian. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> he's like, great. He's like, great. Our Italian isn't even Italian. And I was like, oh, fuck, but whatever. We still... <laughs> so, you know, and in the part, I had to be like, hello, nice to see you. Hello. Yeah. Like, oh, dude, so that's, that's a tough one. Um... Fuck it. But whatever, dude. It didn't matter, you know? Yeah. Sometimes you got to go for it. Do you get paid for booking that? Well. Really? Yeah. So how I mean, does it work? So that show was like, that role maybe was going to be in the rest of the show, but maybe not. So like, it didn't, it didn't pay crazy. But if you get like a series regular um, on one of these shows and, and, and you book the pilot and you shoot the pilot and you get it, you make what you're making per episode. So it's like a lot. Even if it's your first one, you're still making like, Twenty-five, thirty thousand dollars for that. Wait, wait. Okay, okay. So here's my question, right? A, a network orders a pilot, which means that they they want them to make one episode of the show, right? Right, and then they make the pilot, and that's what you did, right? You guys made the pilot for this one. Yeah, this is for ABC, and we made the pilot. Okay, so you make the pilot, but then the pilot doesn't go to air. And you still got paid twenty five or thirty thousand dollars for making. Not that for this. Pilot? This this part was like in the in the in the description. It was like maybe in more episodes. Like it was a thing where they weren't necessarily planning on him being a series regular, series regular. So I got paid scale for that, which was like with ADR and all this stuff. ADR is when you record uh, shit that you're saying that like you can't see your mouth moving, so they can mm. get it cleaner. So if it's like from far away or your back's right. turned, whatever. Right, so. Right. All things included, I probably made $3,000 for that. Okay. All right. But the point is that for a pilot that gets ordered, if you're a series regular, mm -hmm. even if that show does not go to air, you'll get paid as if it's on air. Just for the one episode, though. So you'll make $30,000, say, 25K. Is that what, like, ABC shows are? The, the lead actors get paid $30,000? No, no, no. So this is how it works. So if it's your first, every time you test, your quote goes up. So, like, I've tested for pilots before that I didn't get cast in or whatever. Um, and every time you go to do it again, you, you can argue for more. And then if you're a, an established name, you're making way more than that, perhaps. Yeah. Huh. As far as I know. Um, yeah. So it's interesting. Wow. Okay. Chris, what's up? Francis, can you like unplug your mic plug it back in? It sounds weird. Oh, Guys, I'm gonna, dude, I'm gonna you know what? My mic hasn't even been plugged in. This I whole knew time. it hasn't been. I was like, it sounds different. I... <laughs> Is this better? <laughs> so sorry about that. I didn't even realize my mic wasn't plugged in. Guys, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, fill in the blanks here. If I were in a concert right now and i said if you're thinking about starting a podcast i'd then turn the microphone to all of you sitting in the stadium and you would all yell anchor anchor and then you'd say go to anchor.fm to download the software where you could host your very own podcast see all the best analytics you could see it in a way that was really user-friendly and nice and not too technical and industry jargony it's a way that any person can look at it and be like "Ooh, that's pretty and also it's our podcast and you, there's no minimum listenership required to advertise 
and monetize. So you can immediately have ads when you hit the ground running. It's really exciting, really spectacular. If you want to start your very own podcast, anchor.fm, download it now. All right, dude. So we got a funny email uh, from somebody discussing. So a couple episodes ago, Francis and I talked about um, a a would you rather. No, it wasn't a would you rather, actually. It was like, would you accept $10 million today? But the the deal would be that on your 80th birthday, if you make it that far, your death is by getting hit by a train. So Francis said it was a no-brainer. Chris and I thought maybe not so much just because the impending doom of knowing that best case scenario is you getting hit by a train, yada, yada. Some guy replied to us uh, via email and he said something very funny, I thought. He goes, Julio, you are out of your mind if you are hesitant to take $10 million to die 80. He goes, I would get hit by a train at 80 if someone would pay off my student loan. (laughs) (laughs) Far less significant amount. And then he goes, based on my brief research, the odds of living to 80 are about 40%. And Francis is completely right about the dip in quality of life. Getting hit by a train is quick and painless compared to rotting away from cancer or Alzheimer's at 90. Think of all the good you could do with 10 million right now. Love the podcast, especially during quarantine, Ben. Fucking Ben, man, preaching. Ben, love that, Ben. Now, listen, he says that getting hit by a train is quick and painless. Is it? <laughs> I did. Do we know? We don't know anything. Because I'll tell you one thing. I'll tell you this much. If you get hit by a train and survive, it is not painless. That's got to be one of the most painful things or or you know i guess it it brings to question right we, we we talk about all these all these methods of dying there's whenever we there's a hypothetical like this it's accompanied by you know you fall to your death from the empire state building or whatever i i i just think that there are often times more pro like these deaths are not always as clean and painless right. as you might think. You you know what the most painless way that I can think of dying actually is? Getting injected with something? Well, I was going to say the guillotine. Is it? Yeah, it seems clean. Dude, the guillotine back in the French Revolution, like the reign of terror, Robespierre, Robespierre, all that, they would set up the guillotine in the center of town. You'd walk up. Yeah, it'd, it'd be a bummer to like piss your pants in fear as you were being marched to the guillotine and put your head down, look at the dried blood spatter from the your neighbor before you. But then it's just a, and it's curtains. Wait, I thought the guillotine was this one, the the one that swoops down like a like that ride at the fair. No, I think that's like a scythe, maybe. I don't know. Oh, so the guillotine's a straight down one? Yeah, it's just a, no a cleaver. Yeah, like a, a, a door frame coming down. It's not the... No, no. <laughs> Wielded by a human being, you mean? I don't. Yeah, I guess you're right. I don't know how it would work. I've never really thought about the, the logistics of are, that. Yeah, are, are you, you're talking about like a, something that cuts wheat. No, no, no. Not like a sling yeah, blade. A scythe, like a scythe. Oh, it's yeah. a scythe? Yeah. No, it's like the thing that goes that chops your head off clean like that. But yeah, but, but yeah, whatever. I guess it's not a guillotine. I've never seen a rounded scythe like that. And it comes and it's it's like held from like a pendulum. 
Where where did you see this? Have you been to like a museum that te- uh, has like medieval weapons and stuff? Maybe. I, I'm, I'm not really sure where I'm getting this from, but this is one of those things where like you just happen to miss something <laughs> in your 30 whatever years. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's incredible when that happens. I know. Well, you don't see too many guillotines these days, uh, <laughs> unfortunately. Dude, one time I did something really stupid. Someone uh, gave me money to make a video, right? Mm-hmm. And I deposited the check and I'm used to like getting checks from my work or whatever. And like, you don't have to sign them. You just deposit them. And I deposited uh, the check and it bounced. And this guy who gave it to me is a guy who had a lot of money. So I called him. I was like, Hey, the check bounced. You gave me uh, this is awkward. He just go, he starts laughing <laughs> and he goes, which means that obviously there's plenty of funds in the account for the minuscule amount of money he's given me. And he's like, did you sign it? And I was like, no. And then he was <laughs> like, you know, you seem like a smart guy, but sometimes things evade people <laughs> in life. <laughs> Who is this guy? guy? He's a Lebanese guy. Oh, cool. God. <laughs> Just another classic Julio, you know, working with Lebanon. <laughs> no, he lives here. He lives in New York. Oh, good for him. Hey, I had a question for you. This is something I was thinking about the other day. Sure. Parents who beat their children yeah well okay okay i want to ask you about your experiences your knowledge of uh you you know parents that use physical ways to um you know to discipline their kids Mm -hmm. and I'm, i'm not necessarily talking about like uh you know a a drunken stepfather that actually like punches their kid right right, that's a nightmare right i'm talking about like spanking right and then i guess little little steps up from that i I, remember when um adrian peterson got in huge trouble because he said that he used a willow switch which is like a twig like a long twig to to sort of whip his kid when he got (laughs) out of line and everyone went nuts and then half the people were also like well that's how I was raised. So it's not right. that, you know, this is a normal thing. I want to ask you, and do you have any experience? Did your parents ever put hands on you? Like not, no, not really. Um, but hold on. But I agree with what you're saying in general. I'm going to answer that in a second. But um, like, there's so many different degrees of it. You know what I mean? Yes. It's one thing yes. if you're flogging your child with a whip and like tying him to, you know, yeah. like, yeah. torture and like there's torture exactly there's torture and then there's like beating your kid yeah yeah and dude i think that if you don't beat your kid at all or offer the risk of beating your kid your kid might just turn into one of those kids who fucking sucks as an adult okay it's like so just a shithead entitled i'm always right type of kid the type of kid who when he went to the principal's office his parents immediately sided with him okay so yes, that is an extreme, right? That the absence of physical threat from the parents results in the corruption of the, the youth. Uh, most people would say that that's, there, there are other parenting techniques to get that method across, right? Right. But you also meet kids who are never beaten, who never straighten out, and you meet kids who are beaten, who never straighten out. So I'm of the mindset that, yeah, you probably, there should be another way right. to discipline a kid. Right. So what Have do you it. think, though? Well, here's the thing, okay? So it's such a cultural thing. Um, 
and I remember my parents never laid a hand on me. Right. That shouldn't really be a surprise to anyone. I, whatever. Um, <laughs> I just, I'm just that guy, you know? Um, and unfortunately, you know, I turned out all right. Like, I, I, you know, it's like I didn't need a beating. Like, I got good grades. I understood the risks. If I went out and broke curfew or, you know, got caught stealing their booze, I would get grounded and, you know, right. whatever. Um, but I had a, I had a kid. I had a kid that I knew in first grade and I would go over to his house and I've actually brought this kid up before on the podcast. His name was Caleb. And I don't mean to like out him or whatever, but I, I don't think it matters. He, his, he was from South Africa. His family was from South Africa and they, his parents, when I was at his house, if he did something that got him in trouble would spank him. And you know, this was like second or third grade. And they would sort of say like, come here, Caleb. And he would sheepishly walk over to where they were sitting and look at me and like, uh, uh, sorry, dude, this is going to take a second. <laughs> and then he would bend himself over their knee <laughs> and they would spank him like two or three times. And they weren't like winding up. They weren't MILF huntering their child. You know what I mean? But they were kind of just letting them know, like, that's not okay, you know, whatever. And he would, like, come back to me, and, be, and then we would go back to playing Legos or whatever, and he wouldn't be crying. He'd be like, ah, I stepped out of line, you know? <laughs> and Ceremonial spanking? It seemed like it didn't even hurt him. Yeah, but, yeah, but you know, I think there was a humiliation there, <laughs> gotcha. and yeah. it didn't seem that bad to me. Like, I wasn't going to – I wouldn't have said that that was beating their child. Totally. But but it does qualify as as that. Totally, totally. Yeah, corporal which, punishment, right? So, but corporal punishment though is is applied by someone who is not the parent, right? It, okay, yeah. I guess that's right. Like police and stuff. Yeah. Which I don't believe in that. Like I don't believe that teachers should be hitting kids. No, no. You you hear the old horror stories about like catholic schools where the nuns would hit people right. with rulers and shit. right that's the experience my dad had in catholic school he got his ass kicked by nuns and brother and the brothers and shit does he have anything good to say about that no nothing okay and when i when i floated the possibility of going to xavier high school he was like there's no fucking way in hell right i remember you saying that yeah okay but i want to hear your thoughts about about this parents beating their children and then the, the you know the different right. degrees of it so yeah, I mean, I yeah, my childhood I was not like hit really by my parents. Like, um, I I think that I don't disagree with it necessarily. Like I you know I don't think it's okay to to like brutalize your children. Like we yeah. we both agree on to really fuck your kids up seems like it's overboard. But the span this little spanking you were talking about, even just from a humiliation standpoint, that's an interesting thing worth exploring. But I think a little bit of you know smacking your kids around. I don't think it's the end of the world personally. Right. So for me, I think I can enact psychological warfare against my child that will be far more uh, harmful and also effective than any spanking would be, right? I also know that my kids are going to be the shithead kids who are like too smart for their own goods. And if I ever if I ever spanked them, they would call Child Protective Services 
and like present their case you know what i mean like they'll know their rights that's very funny so i can't do that but i do think i can i think i'll be able to mentally wrestle with them and and subdue them that way well i would hope so like dealing with a heckler you know mentally yeah yeah no for sure for sure i think yeah absolutely man but you know even there man like there's a there's a threshold for what's appropriate and what's of course sadistic. I'm not going to tell my kid you know you, you you're a piece of shit and you're <laughs> you're not going to amount to anything look at you you're failing your long division homework do you know how easy that was for me that's not what I'm going to do I mean I might do it <laughs> I might do it yeah, I might do it uh, dude yeah I don't know I think so so you you will will you potentially give a light spanking to your kids if they're out of line. Like maybe, dude. I don't. You know. I guess we'll cross over the bridge when we get there. I, what I, if? What if you're the mother of your children? Your wife, presumably, is super against it. Then I won't. Then I won't do it. Okay. You know, I'm. I'm. I think that you know. I don't know if this is right or wrong, but I. This idea of the man putting his foot down thing, I, it's not, I have trouble imagining that being a thing in my household. Yeah, that's not, that's not me either. But I guess, I guess what I, I, could, I could see happening is like, you know, you, she's against it. And you're like, absolutely, that's our united front. And then she goes away for, you know, a girl's weekend. And you're like, okay, kids, mom's gone. I'm about to spank you. And because of all the times that you've, I've held back. <laughs> Save up the spankings. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> the kids won't even have any concept of that. They're like, what are you talking? What do you what? What is that? We don't understand that. Get over here. It's time Holding for a breakdown. <laughs> I mean, the kids would definitely narc, dude. Like I used to narc on my dad by accident. Like he sh- he let me watch the movie He Got Game when oh, yeah. I was like 12 or 13. I must have been younger. I must have been maybe 11 or something. Um, and, and he's like, don't tell your mother. So we watched the movie and then I immediately told my mother, (laughs) he was like, dude, are you serious? Like, what's your problem? Like he was pissed at me, but he realized it was his fault for like thinking I could adhere to some sort of bro code. If you guys haven't seen that movie, there's like a really, there's some really raunchy sex scenes with Ray Allen and like playboy bunnies and stuff. Dude, there was, uh, my, my dad used to sort of do that too though like when my mom would go away very occasionally we would we would make a point to go see you know as he put it ultra violent movies <laughs> um ultra violence coming from uh what's it? clockwork orange oh. was the term but we didn't we didn't we didn't see that uh we but we went and saw jet lee in kiss of the dragon <laughs> and it was so violent but it was so <laughs> awesome but he we were in the movie theater and my dad, whenever there would be like a scene of someone having their head beaten in, he would put his hand over my eyes. Right. And I was like, we're here. <laughs> you brought me, you know, you let me, let me soak this in. You're going to cut out the whole point of this bonding exercise. Right. Don't protect. I don't want to just come watch Jet Meet Lee movie for the dialogue. The guy barely speaks English. <laughs> That's I funny, know. man. I remember having a similar like, what is it about karate movies and stuff? Like I, I remember seeing a Jackie Chan movie, Rumble in the Bronx, while I was too young, and it was like a similar. 
yeah, sensation. Jack, Jackie Chan movies, like the people die the same way that stormtroopers die in Star Wars. No, dude, this is this one's the real deal. That's funny though. <laughs> yeah, they just you know like one little laser and then they're dead. It's right, like what's right. the point of even wearing the armor? Uh, but 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 in Jet, I, I, as far as every Jet Li movie I remember, like Rush Hour and all that stuff, there's no gore. Was there gore? Well, that's Jack, wait, Jack, Jackie Chan is Rush Hour, right? Jackie Chan. Rush Hour is PG-13, though. Are you talking about? You're talking about Jet Li. I'm talking about Jackie Chan. You are talking Jackie Chan. Jackie Chan movies. I don't remember them ever being. But like Rumble in the Bronx, like his his pre his ones before like Shanghai Nights, before he was like the funny karate guy. Before that. He had some like rated R ones. A bunch. Interesting. Yeah. There, there was a movie he made where he like enacted vengeance on his da- daughter recently. That was actually pretty good. I haven't seen it. Had a little bit of a taken vibe. Oh, good. I love that. Yeah, it was a little darker, kind of a more anyway, solid movie. Dude, it's funny. I was watching Kill Bill the other night uh, with my friends who I'm here with. And one of my friends, he claims that he's the best at predicting what happens in movies. And he's like pretty good at it, but also he th- he's thrown out predictions the whole movie and he's swinging and missing. That is so annoying. I know, I know. So he does that. But then he, at the beginning of Kill Bill, he's like, oh, I've seen this. And, and we're all like, oh yeah, we've all seen it. It's great. Let's watch it again. And then like he starts trying to predict stuff. And then he call, he's like, called it. I'm like, dude, you've seen the movie. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you? Isn't that infuriating? It's not impressive at all. <laughs> it's not impressive at all. And he's like, I'm the man. I'm like, dude, what the fuck? How good is my memory? <laughs> Just showing off his memory skills. <laughs> Could have watched it like two weeks ago. That's very funny, dude. Fuck. Oh. Um, all right. So we covered uh, child abuse. <laughs> and we covered uh, Brian, Rich Brian. We covered the, the reader's submission. I know there are some other things I wanted to talk to you about, though. Um, well, while, while you're thinking about it, guys, if you have any, like, would you rathers or, like, any of those kind of things that are good, send them. I'm, like, curious to see what people have up their sleeve. Because, um, like, the 10 million get hit by the train thing I thought was a decent discussion, That's even though great. it seems like Francis's uh, point of view is maybe prevailing on that one. It's still a worthy discussion. Um, so if you guys have any good stuff brewing in your brains during this quarantine, let us know what you're thinking about. There was a uh, a New York Times poll today that came out that said it, it, the question was uh, it asked you know married couples who in the household was more responsible for the homeschooling of the children, and then a separate question asked like who's more responsible for the household duties of cleaning, cooking, etc. And they asked men and women separately, right? Mm-hmm. So the men, 39% of the men said they're more responsible. Oh no, it 45% of men said that they're the most, most responsible for the homeschooling. Men's, 39% of men said that their spouse was more responsible. 5% said that they had someone else come in and do it for them, like a nanny. And then 11% said they didn't know. And then on the women's side, 80% of women said they were the ones responsible for the homeschooling. (laughs) 3% said that their spouse was more responsible. (laughs) They also had the like, not sure and nanny. I thought it was the dumbest poll I've ever heard in my life. (laughs) Why? Because it doesn't tell us 
what percentage of American households are, you know, being run by the women and the men. It just tells us what men and women think that right. number is. And the numbers don't add up either, very obviously. Who's answering that poll honestly? I didn't know. Yeah, dude. Seriously. What a what a leading question that is. Right. <laughs> yeah, I, right. I, by by saying no, you're saying that you're ne negligent. Yes. Yeah. No one's going to admit to their like lack of effort, and I think women are of course going to say. And and by the way, I suspect it's true. Obviously, I, I bet they're definitely the case that that women are more responsible for the homeschooling and they're doing way more than they should be. It's not fair and it's bullshit and that should be fixed. That's an antiquated structure of household in America. At the same time, a poll like that doesn't help. Right, right, right. It just it doesn't doesn't tell me anything. I don't even know why right. that's worth publishing. It's that's not, not interesting. science. Yeah. Right. There's nothing interesting about it. Did you ever take uh statistics? Uh no, I never did. I took one statistics class in college. It's really hard, a right? Way of getting out of my quantitative reasoning core requirement, and it made <laughs> no sense. Dude, it was impossible. And lecture attendance was mandatory. They would take attendance. So I would come in and it was always, I think it was like 10 a.m. on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And we would have morning conditioning sessions at 6 a.m. on those days. Oh, God. Those so I would, I would go do my morning conditioning and then I would shower and then run up, get breakfast as fast as I could, get to the lecture. And by the time I, 10 minutes into those lectures, I was falling asleep so heavily that I would lie down in between the rows of lecture seats and just sleep for the no class. Way. Yeah. Holy I got a B minus in that class. I heard that was a tough one, man. I, I did something that I don't recommend. I purposely made sure that I could avoid having to take <coughs> any math in college. Yeah, I tried that. How did you do that? There was no I, way out of it. Dude, I ended up I ended up with some like bullshit major is how that I didn't give a shit about. Like I was too young to be in college, in my opinion. I didn't like care enough. I didn't think like I didn't I've I've talked about this before. I didn't become good at school until later. Um and you know, I might as well, I, I should have just fucking taken the classes and like really thought about what I wanted to do. Not just be like, oh, I want to play tennis and, and have sex. <laughs> like that was the honest answer. I want to have sex and play tennis. I need to save more time for all the tennis sex that I'm having. <laughs> I'm getting so much sex from my tennis. So, but, but that, that, that's a normal thing that you just described. And I, I think that's definitely the case. Um, but I still don't understand. Did BU not have some quantitative requirement that even if you were like a funky major, you, you couldn't get out of taking some math or numbers class? I think that it was difficult. And I think that I spent the time that I should have spent thinking about what I really wanted to do with my life, thinking about how Ways to not around. take. <laughs> dude, yeah. Cause I, I like, did, I never even, I've never taken a calculus course, dude. Like in high school, I, oh. I did the same thing. I slowed it. I took pre-calculus part one. That was it. Um, and I, t I had a major that I didn't have to take math at Dude, all. Dude, calculus is so hard. I find it so hard. And then you know what's annoying is that people either think it's really hard or they're like, oh, that was easy. Right. It just either makes sense to people or it doesn't. Right. There aren't a lot of people out there who are like, you know, 
yeah, calculus was tough at first, but because I worked hard at it, <laughs> I got better and it made sense. I just think it's totally binary. It's either totally, like, it made no sense to me. And I got by on, you know, meeting with my teachers after class to make sure they thought that I was trying, right. doing my homework on time and just like begging for help. But, Dude, <laughs> I totally missed that memo. The like, you can show up after class for 10 minutes and look like you care and get a better grade. I just really never got that memo. I Dude, really, it's so Teachers are so egotistical. Hot take here. But they, if they think that you are making an effort to understand what they are presenting, they will look at you in a more favorable light. 100%. My sophomore year of college, I discovered the, the incredible currency of scheduling office hours with my professors, with my teaching assistants. I even set up a tennis game one time with one of my English professors. I, I found ways to bond with these people. And by the way, I didn't want to spend time with this guy. He was a loser. <laughs> he was a loser. I didn't want to play tennis with my fucking English professor. <laughs> but 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 I did and as a result I got I think I got a B plus that 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 pissed me off because that class was the only one that kept me off of like what would have been high honors that semester it was my best semester I got a flat A two A minuses and a B plus and the one class that I got a B plus in was the one where I'd gone the extra mile to play fucking tennis with the professor unbelievable <sighs> unfucking believable dude I do think it generally it's 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 worth like a full half letter grade or whatever bump up if you make the effort to make to to get that FaceTime in. Definitely. Definitely. So and dude, you know what? It's really like applying those principles, it's really incredible how important school really is for your life. Like if you go into high school and you just learn all this shit, not only does it apply to life, like after school, but if you don't do it, you kind of don't give yourself the opportunity to have an easy transition into adulthood. Like there are these right. easy things you can do, like just do well in school. Mm -hmm. It guarantees that it will be easier for you. Just do it. If Absolutely. you don't, your life is going to be so fucking hard. Yeah, I totally agree. I also agree though, that lying on your resume about your GPA is fine. Like 98% of the time. Yeah, I was thinking about that, dude. Like, there's there's things going around about people who have six-figure jobs who didn't go to college and lied about their resumes and stuff. Dude, who, how many jobs did you apply for? And maybe we're different, but I, I applied for a lot of jobs where your GPA on your resume, where the, the job asked you for a transcript to back up that number. Never. I think it happened one time. And I applied for, like, 25 jobs. Right. Every other time, I could have just gone. I, I had a three point three one GPA. I could have written three seven, and nobody would have batted an eye. Right, and right. it makes a difference, especially in like those banking jobs. It really does. Yeah, yeah, totally. Bro. Hey, last point I want to make. I spoke to uh, a, an old student of mine that I tutored, who I'm still close to, who uh, who goes to USC, and he's cool. a rising senior. He was abroad in Rome this semester oh, wow. and had to fly home obviously mm -hmm. and self-isolate in a hotel room for two weeks Damn. with couldn't leave after he came home right and finished out his semester at usc taking online classes and just being miserable 
the USC offered the students the ability to either take a pass-fail grade or a letter grade. So, like, you can choose. You'll find out what your grade is, and if it helps your GPA, you'd accept that. Or if it would hurt, you could just take pass-fail, and it won't affect your GPA. But he also said he still had to pay full out-of-state tuition for this semester, $35,000. His classes are meeting – like once a week online. Jesus Christ. And it's pass fail. Isn't USC a private college anyway? Like a private university? Oh yeah. So maybe, maybe, maybe I, maybe it's that expensive regardless. Thing is Doesn't yeah, matter. He just told me $35,000, okay. whatever. They're You know, next fall, if they come back, they may come back and it'll be, it could be more of the same. It could be more of this bullshit online class. And my kid is like, I don't even want like, what's the point in going back? I don't want to pay full tuition for a completely fake virtual non-college experience. Right. No one would ever pay $35,000 a year to go to fucking university of Phoenix. Uh, Well, unfortunately people have, and they're morons. Is that what they, is that what their tuition is? I think it was something that was insanely expensive at the time when like all the stuff started coming out about how much of a scam it was. Yeah. Okay, well, fuck. whatever, but but yeah. point made, and this is what I have to say to that, and this is you know gonna sound fucked up, um, but since you know I have student loans and stuff, I don't feel bad saying it. If your parents are paying, then yes, <laughs> it's worth it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Well, if- right. So so here's my question, right? Because my counterpoint to him was, you're paying for the degree at this point. Right. Exactly. You have to look at it as. You know, uh, you paid $280,000 for a degree from the University of Southern California. You did not pay $35,000 a semester or whatever, a year uh, for all those classes and stuff. But I don't, I, I, I don't even know if I believe in that. Right, right. I feel like, like is there, in that case, is there any point to education at all? I think, I think that yes, because I think that like, like you said, man, having that degree is really important. In my opinion, the most valuable part of the college experience is going there and being there and meeting new people, learning in a new way, learning how to learn, learning so much shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. But at the end of the day, that degree is very important and it's not finishing because you have to do some weird year where you can't actually physically go is pointless. Yeah. Am I missing something? Like, can you defer? No, no. Well, I'm just trying to think about if there is a college, if it changes based on college, right? Because I I had friends, I had friends where, yeah, at Harvard, where they never went to class. And if they had been given the option of just forking over, you know, 350 or $400,000, whatever it was, $300,000, uh, in, and then being handed back a Harvard degree without going to a single class, without spending any time on the university, it would have been exactly the same effect on their professional trajectory and their life. Like they wouldn't have missed much. Right. Whereas I needed the classes that I took and the experiences that I had to be where I am. And I know I've advocated for that before. Yeah. But does it change based on the college and the, and the, is, is each degree worth the same? So I think that yes. And it depends. It's a person to person situation. For example, myself, if I had gone to one of the local schools that all my, a lot of my friends from high school were going to being there, isn't that important because it's the same kids I grew up with. It's the same shit. 
where I went to school, I learned a lot about different people and different places in, in the world in a way that I had never before. And, and sure, I'd gone to Italy a bunch, but I wasn't traveling. I was going and sleeping on my fucking grandfather's couch and in the guest bedroom, whatever. You know what I mean? I wasn't like, I didn't know about the world. And that and learning about all that ended up being an important part of who I am, blah, 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 blah. So I think that going for me absolutely was very important. However, if I was in the situation of your old student, I would still think that getting that degree is just the valuable and important thing. Not going back is stupid for him, especially as a rising senior. Come on, dude. Just yeah, finish. but but I think he would def- he would take a semester off. Oh, and then go back when it's normal. Doing. Yeah. Not a terrible call. Not to mention, you know, USC at best is going to have football in the fall that the fans cannot attend. Right. Which in all likelihood means that, you know, the tailgates are not going to be on frat parties won't happen all that shit right you that's such a big part of the college experience for a big school like that so right that is true and everybody i know really loved all that stuff um we didn't have a football team and i never was that uh i so i never got that into that whole thing but yeah yeah, um but you're right and that but that's also an important point it's like culturally it's really um a fun thing that you really will always remember and look forward to at the time, whatever, and not having it sucks, but a bunch of his peers who he's friends with and stuff are going to graduate. And then when he goes back, it's going to be different anyway. Yeah. 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 So I don't know. An interesting point. I, I, I don't envy the current college students in America because I think that's a very tricky thing to try to make a decision on, especially when you don't know how it's going to play out for your life you know totally it's a bummer but you know what's a bigger bummer is not being able to breathe and dying in the hospital by yourself Bingo. so let's put things in perspective and even though it blows that you're missing out on a couple of semesters of school you know hopefully you keep people alive and and we'll get past all this shit absolutely and with that uh we come to another the close of another week <laughs> of oops the podcast um Guys, we've had so much fun, and we're really enjoying your engagement, and uh, thank you for listening, as always. Um, I'm Francis. He's Julio. Please send your mistakes, your stories from quarantine, anything that you really want to tell us about to oopsthepodcast at gmail.com, or you can DM it to our Instagram account at oopsthepodcast. Any final thoughts, Julio? That's it, man. Enjoy your weekend, and uh, you know, I hope you shoot some low scores on the course. Hell yeah, brother. Talk to you <laughs> next week. Talk to you, boys. Peace.